I'm Anthony Padilla, and I spent today with Ryan Trahan to uncover the truth about how he turned a single penny into $1.4 million in just 30 days. He'll reveal how his dreams of ever becoming a professional athlete were shattered when the college who owned his likeness caught him uploading to YouTube. And he'll address, for the first time ever, the transcendent moment that brought him to tears and changed his life forever. Hello, Ryan! Howdy! By the way, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Visit betterhelp.com slash Padilla because sometimes existing is exhausting. Now, Trahan? Trahan. Trahan? Trahan. 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 Not Trahan. You just got done doing your I Survived on a Penny for 30 Days series. <sighs> yes. Just in case anyone watching is not aware, all profits must come from the penny. All grub, boarding, transportation must, <laughs> must come, come from, from the, the penny. penny. And you have a 30-day time limit to cross America and give Mr. Beast a, a, penny. a penny. You released one video a day. So that's 30 videos. Yeah. As of today, 225 million views <laughs> across just those 30. 225 what? million views. With that project, you raised $1.4 million for Feeding America, which translates to 14 million meals? That's the most insane stat to me. How? What did you learn about yourself in that process? I think the biggest thing was going up and talking to people. You transform through these like micro interactions and through these like very, very small moments. And all of a sudden you don't know why, but wow, I feel like better. I got to just like learn more about people throughout the series by saying hi or howdy. Assuming the worst of people really isn't helpful because like most people probably surprise you. What do you think was the most surprising moment from this whole process? This one family gave me a $20 bill for one bottle of water. And I was like, why? Why have you done this? They're like, it's good to help people. I was like, this is the nicest thing that's ever happened. It, it felt so crazy to be in a new environment. And like that type of generosity was fairly consistent, like state to state. I feel like that's one of the greatest takeaways from this whole series, like beyond the views. It's just so, so cool to see that. At the end of your first episode of the series, you said, They did not go according to plan, but it did go according life. <laughs> That's one of those one-liners that doesn't make <laughs> sense. You, did you not? No, it, it makes so much sense to yes, me. Yes, yes. It didn't go according to the way that you wanted it to go, right. but it went it went according to the way that it's just going to go because life just unfolds. Yes. And you were able to appreciate that. No, that's so funny. That was basically the definition of the series because like I literally started every day with game plan. It just completely went off the rails. But at the end of the day, hey, we made progress. We moved forward. Roll with the punches and be very excited when it doesn't go to plan. Absolutely couldn't have done it without Zach and Preston, who like mm -hmm. have supported me so much. And just realizing that you can you can go much farther together than you can on your own has been like, you know, that cheesy quote. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Ooh. Ooh. Put some beautiful music behind that, huh? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, Go together. You couldn't, couldn't even say it. You, you couldn't even say it seriously. Why did I say that like a little? I don't even. I was like doing a little thirst trap. Like, you were like, listen. Oh man. I posted on my community tab that I was going to be interviewing the Ryan Trahan. The. The Ryan Trahan. The. So many of the comments were like, "How is he so confident? How does he stay so happy yeah. during these?" potentially tough and exhausting times. Were you always this confident now? Honestly, no, not at all. Like, I feel like I had a crazy transformation throughout high school. Grew up in a really, really small town. Single dad raised me and my brother. It's called Eagle Lake, Texas. Don't ever go there. There's a subway 
<laughs> like like for, for traveling or for no. eating sandwiches? It's the sandwich one. Oh, okay. And it's the best. My dad needed help raising my brother and I. So we moved to Eagle Lake. I'm like neighbors with my grandma. And she was an amazing mother figure for me growing up. So I just owe so much of like kind of the person I am to her and how formative she was. She was very uh, encouraging for me to go, you know, like pursue a college degree, pursue good grades and pursue your passions and like work hard on things that you love to do. That was kind of my my startup phase as a human. That was your level so, one? Yeah, that was my level one. <laughs> <laughs> and then I continued to level up. Ooh, <laughs> no. did you evolve? I evolved and now I'm a uh, chameleon. What is the second Charmander? Charmeleon. Charmeleon, Charmeleon phase. That was like high school. So when I was like 13, my grandma ended up passing away, which is like super sad. Like that was absolutely destructive for me. Um, because it felt like she was definitely my mother figure. You know, I kind of like put a chip on my shoulder at that point where I feel like, okay, I'm pretty much on my own. Like my dad's working his butt off, just like keep food mm -hmm. on the table and stuff. So I set out a bunch of these goals. The first thing was, you know, track and cross country. That was a sport they put you in if you can't do football because you're not big enough. Mm. <laughs> it's so You got funny. a little baby Ryan? You got a little baby Ryan. Not much has changed mm. either. Um, no, you're a big man. You're a big man, Ryan. Big man, you guys you're saw big, the legs? You're Come big on. man. I've seen the muscles in those, under <laughs> that skin man. on those legs. My grandma always encouraged me to shoot for the moon. So like, I really wanted to win state and track and cross country. Also wanted to be like valedictorian and like get a full scholarship to college. Like everything you can possibly try to achieve in high school. It's kind of went into this mode where I wasn't really caring of others. I didn't really see that. I kind of saw it myself on like a hero's journey. And the outside world was all the stuff that was getting in your way. Yeah, you guys are just NPCs. Get out of my way. <laughs> I'm the main character. <laughs> main character energy for sure in the worst <laughs> way possible. I achieved basically all of that and I got second place in three events in the state of Texas for running. And that was after how many years of running? Five years, Anthony. Five years of running. Five years. And I, you got second place. I got second place in the mile and I lost by a tenth of a second. And I I had envisioned that race thousands and thousands of times and I lost by a mere snap of a finger. It actually makes me sick thinking about it because so much emotion went into it. Yeah. My identity was in that moment and the moment didn't go according to plan. And I realized that, you know, so much of my character and who I'd become, it wasn't even rooted in the finish line, but it was definitely rooted in like, you know, the day to day, the grind and like the perseverance it takes to keep going. And I got to college and I realized I really don't care about running anymore. And so like, what happens whenever the finish line is is passed? Who are you, you know? Like you're just kind of left standing there like, well, all right. But what I realized is that I think the goals were rooted in, in so much more of like trying to prove to myself that I was worthy of being successful, being, uh, you know, like an impressive human being, loved even, you know, like being validated. I thought that like, in order to feel those things, I had to achieve these things. Your self-worth was attached to performance. Yeah. yeah. The cool thing is I did start my YouTube channel based on running content. So it did contribute. It contributed so much. Like from yeah. senior year to the freshman year of college, I started my YouTube channel. You know, I even made like 50 bucks that summer from a YouTube like channel, you know? Yeah. You make money from it. Freshman year of college, the NCAA cracked down on me and they said, yo, this guy's making money and he's running collegiately and that's not allowed. You can't be a college athlete that uses your face yep. to make money. Exactly. And that's because your your face is the property of the college. Exactly. Mm. They owned me. Mm. <laughs> no, I, I ended up leaving running because of that. And because you had to make the choice between running or YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. And so I also ended up dropping out of college, which was not necessary. But um, yo, fellow college dropout, <laughs> what's up? I would not recommend it. Do not do I don't, that. Don't ever do that. I had a conviction to drop out because I felt that this YouTube thing was really pulling on my heartstrings and it felt like potentially this could be like this next dream that I want to chase.
What gave you the confidence to drop out? And you know it's time to thank our sponsor, Surfshark VPN, an app and browser extension that lets you virtually place your computer or your phone anywhere in the world and allows you to access the internet as if you were there instead. But why would you want that? Good question. Let's say you can't stop thinking about Ryan evolving into Charmeleon. So you open up Netflix to indulge in a little Pokemon X and Y, but it isn't streaming in your country. Now you can just use Surfshark to change your location to the UK where it is available and you can now feast on more sixth generation Pokemon than you even knew existed. And not to mention, Surfshark also adds an extra layer of security while you're online by encrypting all of your information sent between your device and the internet, helping to keep all of your passwords and your data safe on an unlimited number of devices with just one account. They offer a 30 day money back guarantee. So the only risk is that you end up liking it a little bit too much and you can't live without it. So visit surfshark.deal slash Anthony or just scan the QR code on the screen to go support them support us and surf the web safely from anywhere. Now, back to the world of Ryan Trahan. Basically, my rent was $500 a month. When I had like 20,000 subscribers, I was making about $550 a month in YouTube AdSense. Exactly the amount of money that you needed to survive if you were really conservative with your money. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I also knew that I'd be able to post more videos if I had more time to make YouTube mm -hmm. videos. And so I was kind of sitting at my computer looking at that and looking at, you know, like the dropout screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, open next to your $550 a month AdSense. Yes, dude, it was literally a moment. It was crazy for me because I just decided to take that leap. What happened in that time span, the five years between clicking dropout and now? Like what, what, how did you, when did Chaos. you first, when did you first start creating content on YouTube? After I dropped out, I was like, okay, I can't keep making running videos. It's kind of like a weird thing to do. Like Ryan, you're washed up, stop doing this. Like what were your running videos like? Just, you just, just running? The running genre is wild, is Anthony, it? because who's like, watching me? Tell me about the running meta. My first video to blow up, yeah. how to run a faster 5K. But I was just standing in my short shorts and I was like, uh, guys, run more. But then I started looking around at my favorite YouTubers, which are people like Cody Ko, yeah. Drew Gooden, yeah. so funny. And I was like, I'm gonna try that. Even though it wasn't funny at all. Mm -hmm. I think when I had about 40,000 subscribers, I posted my first commentary video and uh, it ended up going crazy. And it's so crazy, that video's not even on my channel anymore, because I was like, I don't affiliate with that man. <laughs> who's that man, Ryan Trayan, five years ago? Exactly, <laughs> just like a very weird version of me who was trying to be funny. I just see it as like a, a phase of like my career that just, I don't really resonate with anymore. And it's so crazy, but that that's literally what launched me into this like kind of mainstream meta of YouTube. So I'm grateful for it. But uh, yeah, it's crazy to look back on it. You just don't resonate with the type of commentary that you're giving? I was like, 1819 and I was just like absolutely trying to be wreak havoc on anyone I could. I was sitting in my office with like 1.5 million subscribers having posted like 50 commentary videos. Yeah. It's like am I just gonna like critique other people for my whole life? I'm not actually creating anything. I'm just like criticizing other people's creation. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. I sit on the sidelines like an absolute menace and <laughs> just like pick apart what people are doing and I wanted to like get in the arena and it felt right and so Ultimately, that's what made me transition away from commentary and mm -hmm. into like kind of what I do now. And like, mm -hmm. that's been a whole thing, like trying to figure out what it looks like for me to create. The virality really did push me down a path that maybe wasn't the best for me. So. Did the virality of those commentary videos push you to say like, this is good, you do more of this. <laughs> yes, it's crazy how like, oftentimes on the internet, negative things get traction. It's like this natural inclination. We want to consume negative content yes. because it makes us feel like, oh, it's, it's drama. It's the YouTube algorithm doesn't take into account. Did this person leave this? piece of content feeling uplifted, it looks at views and engagement. Totally. And of course, it's it's engaging to watch someone potentially criticize. Someone.
I really wanted to think of YouTube differently, and I really wanted to figure out a way to make the videos we're making not feel exploitative. Did I, I tell you I you brought, brought the graph? I brought the graph. Oh I my gosh, graph. you brought the graph. So you, you have this graph. <laughs> I feel like I'm giving a TED talk. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sir, give us a TED talk. Okay, everyone. So, and so, <laughs> dude, this is so fun. Thank you for doing this. So Ryan Tran's TED talk begins. <laughs> Now, <laughs> this is like, this is basically the framework we developed. It's redemptive work versus exploitative work. And if you look at the what, how, why, you're basically seeing that the what of exploitative work, which is, in my opinion, the idea of like retention hacking, like not making a good video, just right. doing something that's good enough for people to click on it, and then hopefully making an experience that's good enough to where they watch the whole thing so you make money. Goal is numbers, views, money. Redemptive work, the difference is what we build is we create for restoration. The whole goal of the video is different. It's not for rewards, profit, it's for restoration in the consumer. And so the idea is it totally shifted from how do I strive? How do I like get control? And it's 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 such a loving like it's almost like a maternal approach to work. It is so beautiful to me. And finally, the why. This is like the coolest to me. Mm. It's the exploitative version of doing anything. We win by force. Doesn't matter what it takes. Doesn't matter who hurt, gets hurt in the process. And right. so to me, that's just like a, a level of even treating your team right, and even like treating the people around you right that help you make what you make. Mm. Because the redemptive version of that is we serve for the greater good. The idea of like being able to serve for the greater good is so much more empowering than trying to win by force. It seems like all of us rather than exactly me or this group, this exactly. small circle. Yeah, and it's it's such a crazy picture. Like it's like this picture of just like holding weapons to get what you want versus arms open. I really encourage anyone who feels like they're like what they're creating or what they're doing is like exploitative and doesn't feel right to just like try to shift the exact the exact same product, like shift how you do it. And you right. can actually achieve the same thing in a much more loving way. It's really changed my life. And even just like from a career perspective and even how, like people I work with, it's just so, so fun. And I feel like I could do it forever when I think of it. Like whenever it was exploitative, I feel like, okay, maybe a few more months. When you're operating out of fear, yep. when you're operating and trying to get what you want, forcing it to, to make it happen, yeah. there's this huge part of your brain that's just dedicated to the worries and stress and yeah. anxiety and how am I going to make this happen? How am I going to make what I don't want happen yeah. not happen? But and now you you can go with the flow a lot more and just know that your your mission is there already being accomplished. It's like less outcome dependent too because you're not worried about um, the audience validating it. Like when you give a gift, it, it's just a gift. You're not worried about like, is this going to give me enough energy back to be able to create the next video? And so I felt like I was burning out for years and years. What would you say that your stress levels, your anxiety levels have been throughout creating this kind of content with this kind of mindset versus the way that it was before? I don't even know if I can tell you I've been stressed. For like you haven't been stressed? Seven, you, seven you, months. You shot, you shot for 30 <laughs> days, Bro. converting one penny <laughs> to get across an entire country and yeah. you did not experience stress during that? It was incomparable to the stress I felt with the way I used to make videos. Stress in the past was very performance-based and now it's all about everyone else. And yeah. it's really hard to feel stressed whenever that's the case, especially when I'm being lifted up by Zach and Preston throughout. It's not to say that things won't be hard, yeah. and I understand that, but it's just crazy how like shifting your, your heart to others instead of like, what can they do for me has been mm -hmm. wild. Do you receive any criticism now, considering your mindset has shifted? I don't think so. And if so, I don't take it personally, so it doesn't feel like it. Like yeah. to an extent, I feel like I have sort of separated, you know, people's perception of me from 
you know, who I know myself to be. Yeah. And that's been really empowering. Whereas in the past, I was very malleable to like what people would say. In the past, I did made, I made videos that were worthy of criticizing because I was also always criticizing others. Whenever you criticize others, you're immediately putting yourself on a pedestal that deserves to be critiqued as well. When I made commentary videos, I would go to my DMs on Instagram and yeah. people were making fun of me. Ryan, you're so ugly and dumb. <laughs> Is it because you were being negative? They felt like they had free reign to be negative about you? It was like almost what they thought a relationship was. They thought that that was like how we show love to each other. Like, oh yeah, let me just like absolutely crap on Ryan right now because that's what he does to people and it's fun. Like we have yeah. fun together. Now that you'll just see like a paragraph talking about like, hey Ryan, this like totally transformed my perspective and like I just feel I just feel like I've really had a great time. Like this has been my comfort place for like the last month. Thank you. Mm -hmm. What the heck? Yeah. That's so cool. That is insane. Rather than, I don't know, us laughing at some person because they're just like trying their best. Do numbers still affect you at all? I would be a lunatic to say they don't because I have people that depend on me, I feel like, financially. You realize like I would be a bad friend even if I like steered the channel in a way that isn't strategic because right. this is like our life, you know? Me being able to do this series and we raised 14 million meals is a product of me being strategic. Like numbers matter in that sense where like I want to steer the channel in a great direction and constantly be mm -hmm. allowing it to grow but they don't personally define who I am and mm -hmm. I feel like that's the big shift which has been very recent but like very empowering. You are how old? 23. 23, and you have been married for how long? Almost two years. <laughs> two years, yeah. Let's talk about that. Yes. It's crazy, I never had a girlfriend, and Haley, my wife, was my first girlfriend. Tell me why I met her at VidCon. Mm. Come on, mm -hmm. that's such a <laughs> Gen Z love story. I, I, uh, so I had done a collab with Mikey, uh, my partner, uh -huh. and then we re-met four years to the day at VidCon 2019. <laughs> that's so funny. So, you know, we got, hey. a, we got a couple VidCon love stories. Yeah. Just go to VidCon, that's what they say, go if you want to find love. And so I was actually going to get coffee with one of my good friends, mm -hmm. um, and she happened to schedule coffee with Haley as well. To this day, she won't admit that this was like some sort of setup. And the best part is she left. So it's just me and Haley. Yeah. And we're just goofing off. We're having a great time. We started walking around and it felt like we had been best friends forever. It was like so crazy. And all of a sudden we were like, collab? I mean, that's how all great love stories start. Collab, yeah. Collabbing mm -hmm. on a YouTube Yeah, you, you got a profit together. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but what we realized over time is that we are using that as an excuse to spend more time together. Right. And, you know, just have a great time. And we realized, you know what? We really like each other. We should date. It sounds insane, but she has like a journal entry from the week after we started dating saying she was going to marry me. And I felt the same way. And so it was very beautiful. And um, we, we speed ran it for sure. <laughs> Got married after two, two and a half years of dating. How did meeting Haley change the way that you view the world? The biggest thing, which is probably the most important thing to me. Tell so, me, Ryan. Tell me, Ryan. I'm ready. <laughs> Haley is Christian. And mm. when we started dating, I was not. I was atheist. Cynical atheist. Even. Uh -huh. Whenever I would talk to Christians, I was always very like questioning their beliefs. I started dating Haley and I would ask her questions like that, like very hard questions. And I wanted to really challenge her because like I loved her so much. I didn't want her to like have this like false view of reality. Conversation after conversation, she was like very gracious with me. And she answered questions fairly logically. Like I, I would always like look up debates and like find- <laughs> You would try to debate her. Yeah. You're like, I'm gonna slam yeah. dunk on you. And I would like, what I realized though is my heart yearned for an answer. Like I, I realized it all came from a place of like, 
non-closure with my grandma of like, I just really wanna know. This basically culminated to this day, July 4th, 2020. This is when my YouTube channel was doing very well. I had almost 2 million subscribers. I was making more money than I ever dreamed of. I was giving it all I had and I received everything I thought I wanted. And so on July 4th, 2020, I was with Haley. We were watching the fireworks and I started weeping. Like I started sobbing my eyes out. And I realized it's because I felt like I hadn't felt anything for like three weeks. This was my finish line. All my identity is in this and I feel nothing. Fireworks are representative of a like celebration, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was like a crazy juxtaposition of like, I should be celebrating right now. I love this girl that I'm with. I have everything I've ever wanted. Why do I feel empty? And it was crazy, dude. And I realized like, I need to go on like a spiritual pursuit. I started taking a, a lot less cynical approach towards asking questions, just starting to pray and starting to ask myself, like, what do I believe? Mm -hmm. And ultimately I did land on Jesus. And I started, you know, developing a relationship with God. I can't believe I'm saying that, bro, because I literally <laughs> would have absolutely clowned on myself three years ago. Whenever I started looking at who Jesus was and like even the things he said and like the things he taught, it realized like, wow, this is so loving. And if I can potentially have a relationship with him, I'm just gonna try. Mm -hmm. And now it is my source of joy. Like it is my source of love. It is my source of everything. Because I have that, I can go out into the world and do onto others like what I feel like I already have. It's real. Like I can't lie about who I am. Yeah. And like, I can't lie about where I get the source of joy and positivity. Yeah. Because it's actually such a disservice to, you know, people that watch. In the past, I would have heard someone say something like, I found Jesus, I found this new way of viewing the world through yeah. these, these beliefs of giving and love and all these things. And I would have been like, cringy, that's totally <laughs> I like delusional. <laughs> yeah. And I would have I would have written you off, but yeah. I don't now because I've came to a similar conclusion just without the religion, without yeah. the Jesus. To me, I translate it through my own spiritual beliefs yeah. and I hear what I hear is kind of like the way that I view the world, which is I was able to find that I always had the strength and yeah. energy within me to express that. I feel like you and I have gone down similar paths, mm -hmm. yours with a, a label of Christianity, yeah. mine through my own personal totally. spiritual beliefs. But now I kind of cringe on the past me that would immediately write people off <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. for their beliefs. I agree. I feel like it's so crazy the transformation that happens. Mm -hmm. Like when you go on like a spiritual pursuit, you just can't be the same person mm -hmm. that you were before. And it's so cool that like so many people, you know, they find so many things. And I'm just so curious like how that's been for you. It's so, so awesome. Frequently there was this part of me that would get defensive when someone yeah. would say something. There was this part of me that would get frustrated and angry about things. And I've realized that that part of me it never felt like it never felt like it was me. It felt like it was Whoa. this weird, like young version of me. In examining it, I realized that those defensive habits that I considered to be so innately me were actually things that I developed in my earlier childhood wow. through what you would call traumas. This young, naive child that I used to be that I in many ways am nostalgic Whoa. of, not because of the era like I thought it was. Yeah. It was because I didn't have all these layers of things built up of like, now I get frustrated about this type of thing. Wow. Now I get defensive about this type of thing. So now it's about identifying that those feelings are there yeah. and saying, wait, I feel this feeling. What is it? Oh, it's frustration. It's defensiveness. When was the first time I felt Whoa. this? Once I'm able to acknowledge that and feel the feelings and allow myself to actually feel them, the new information that I intake is not being fed through that lens first. Dude, that is so profound. Like trying to unwork those two 
is like such a beautiful path as well. And like being able to identify like, wait, that's that. You have come to similar conclusions, it seems. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Uh, through a different path. Through yeah. yours was through Jesus. Mine mm -hmm. was through kind of this self-reflection internal right. work. I realized like, look around me and we, we put a lot of people, even like parent figures on a pedestal. And like, whenever you see their brokenness and you see like, you treated me unfairly. That is not right. We, we were able to identify that, but it hurts so, so bad. And so for me, it's actually been so crazy to realize that in my personal beliefs, like I feel like there's a God who loves me even in my brokenness and even loves like the people who have hurt me mm. in their brokenness. I feel like I'm able to look at people differently. And even the people who have hurt me, I'm able to heal in a lot of ways. Like the traumas that I had through others hurting me, I feel like I'm able to heal in that, realizing that they they're gonna fall short regardless. That's just like humans. It's human nature, you know? Mm -hmm. You learn so much about yourself. And yeah. it's crazy how we, we're just talking about YouTube videos, like not long <laughs> Wait, I feel like we are in a freaking- This is a different video. I know, now. I feel like we're in a lounge room, like a bar, just like drinking. I know, yeah, I forgot but the cameras are I there. know, dude. <laughs> I guess like my, my mission statement for life is to make every moment that passes through me better because it did. <laughs> That's so sick. I, I mean, it's, I'm not fire. always successful. It's so beautiful and pure. Like your heart has an inclination to do that to the world. I think that's so cool. What is it about doing what you do that brings you the most joy? Two things. The first half is like talking to other creators. Um, like this is so cathartic for me. Is that a word? Yeah. Cathartic. That's exactly. And it was used Everyone's perfectly. Oh, yes. Yeah. I looked that word up recently <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to start using that word. You did it, Ryan. You just you did it. <laughs> this is very cathartic for me because it's just really fun to share like a very specific passion oh. with others and just hear about their unique journey and how sort of like struggles have manifested throughout their lives or like through their career and even hearing why you're motivated to be making videos for this long. Because it's my dream to make videos for a long mm. time. For 17 years? Yes, dude. That's so awesome to me. Because <laughs> it, it really is a, a very lucky job and like, I just really appreciate it. Also, whenever I get to meet people in real life that watch my videos, and I feel like I get this like little mosaic of who my audience truly is, mm -hmm. like the people watching through these like small interactions. Mm -hmm. Like I try to have this like very, hopefully unique conversation. And it really has created this like fun, breathing, living thing that I kind of like uh, interpret my audience as. Right. So that's been so joyful. And it's been so fun just to know that I'm uploading to them. Mm -hmm. It's not to this algorithm. It's not to this like, almighty being that like determines if I get to keep doing this for a long time, it's like real people mm -hmm. and it affects how I create the content as well. I feel like we got to end this video on the highest note we've ever ended a video on. What is it? We got to try your fun drink. Fun drinks? Fun drinks! Fun drinks! Bring out the fun drink! Oh my goodness! You're speaking to my soul right now. <laughs> Oh Thank God. you, and I will not spill this. Okay. Thank you, Elise. Thank you, Elise. Oh boy, can you take one of these off? It's very heavy. Oh, Whoa, that you. is heavy. Thank these are full. You. Can you explain what fun drink is for the audience that is not aware? Fun drink is a lifestyle. Fun <laughs> drink is a is a way to go about your life in a more fun way. My fun drinks are hardly ever alcoholic, you know, yeah. maybe once a year, but mostly my fun drinks are, you go to the gas station, you find something yeah. bubbly, and that's a fun drink. Yeah. And so this is my pinnacle fun drink. It is not patented, but yeah, I went I to Chipotle. And uh, this right here, this concoction, yeah. is, see, it might spill a little. Is oh God, this is so cool. So, dude, oh. it almost looks like Oh, oh <laughs> This right here, Anthony, 40% Sprite, 40% mm -hmm. lemonade, 20% mm -hmm. Mandarin Agua Fresca. Ooh. Cheers. Cheers. Fun drink time. Oh. 
Hang oh, on. that hits. Hang on. Ooh, wait. Come on, that's fun. Come on, that's fun. It's a little that's bubbly. That's more than fun. Ooh, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's oh, good. that's good. How often would you have this on your penny series? Twice a day. Twice a day. <laughs> okay. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Cheers to um fucking everything. Yes. Cheers to everything. Cheers. I spent a day with Ryan Trahan, and one thing that really sits with me is how a seemingly minuscule shift in his mindset entirely changed the way that he interacts with the world. When the goal shifts from how can this moment benefit me to how can I benefit this moment, the stress and fear of missing the mark is entirely diminished. And I'm excited to see how life will unfold if I can maintain this mindset as well. I got eat your veggies tattooed upside down because Dr. Mike was like, Ryan, you can't keep doing this. What, eating McDonald's every single right. day? Like keep the lettuce on there at least. Are you picking the I'm lettuce off? the lettuce off. <laughs> you had like no nutrients I during this entire not thing? Not a single vitamin, Anthony. <laughs> not even one. Yeah, I got eat your veggies tattooed on me and I've actually been consuming five times more vegetables, which is still very little. So I this tattoo in some way is actually in a weird way, contributing to your health? I think it is. Wait, can, can you actually stand up for a second so yes. we can get a close-up on it? We've got an upside down, eat your veggies. I'm very happy. What do you think about my legs? Oh, oh, very fit. Yeah. Very tan and fit. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. 10 out of 10 would look at again. All right, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, now I get to for the you rest do. of the interview. <laughs> hey, I'm up here, Anthony. Come on. 